This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. June 7th, 1992. It's starting to become clear. The San Francisco Giants are just never going to get a new ballpark. They play in Candlestick Park, a cold, windy, ugly, concrete bowl on the edge of a depressed neighborhood on the city's southern border. The Giants have only finished in the upper half of the league in attendance twice in the last quarter century. Even when they went to the World Series in 1989, they only had the fifth-best attendance in a 12-team league. Now, in 1992, they were doing well on the field, but they were about to go on a cold streak and fall out of contention. They'd finished next to last in the Western Division and next to last in the league in attendance. They only drew about a million and a half people, less than half the number who went to games in Baltimore or Toronto. Toronto, that was the Blue Jays, who'd go on to win the World Series that year and the next, but it could have been the Giants in Toronto. After the 1975 season, their longtime owner, Horace Stoneham, had agreed to sell the club for $13 million to a group that would have moved it to Canada. But Mayor George Moscone got an injunction to hold up the deal, and a local real estate developer named Bob Lurie led a group that made an offer to buy the team and keep it in San Francisco. Price tag was only $8 million. But Stoneham had to take that deal. Baseball wouldn't approve a sale and move if there were local buyers. Lurie then went to work trying to get the city or the state or somebody to build the Giants a new stadium. Four times, plans to pay for stadiums at least partially with public funds had gone before the voters. Four times, the voters had said no. The first two referendums were in San Francisco in 1987 and 1989. Second one may have been torpedoed by the Loma Prieta earthquake, which happened a few weeks before Election Day. Voters weren't interested in paying for a stadium in a city with so much rebuilding to do. So Lurie turned to the South Bay. Santa Clara voters said no first. And just the other day, San Jose voters had said the same thing. Now a Chronicle poll showed support for the Giants in the city, already weak, was slipping badly. In three years, the number of those polled who said it was at least somewhat important to keep the Giants in San Francisco had dropped from 80% to 60 the number who said it was very important to keep the lads in town had dropped from 53% to 35 The Giants' poor attendance and the citizens' lack of interest in paying for a new stadium had caused a lot of people to come to the conclusion that San Francisco just wasn't a baseball town. It had been a nice experiment these last 35 years, but the city belonged to the 49ers. Talk of the Giants moving, which never really went away, had been building again. If not the South Bay, then maybe Phoenix or St. Petersburg, Florida. The Chronicle's pollster, Mark Baldessari, said it seemed like a certain proportion of residents had already said their goodbyes to the team. I think there's a level of acceptance out there that the Giants may someday find a home outside of San Francisco 
and that life will go on. Bob Lurie, the Giants owner, he was ready for life to go on. He renewed efforts to sell the team. But the owner of the 49ers had a plan. Well, not quite a plan, but an idea. The 49ers' fortunes were as glimmering as the Giants were dismal. They'd won four Super Bowls in the last decade, and they sold out every game. At Candlestick Park, the same dump where the Giants couldn't draw flies. Though to be fair, the weather's nicer at Candlestick Point in the fall than in the summer. Still, Candlestick had been a boondoggle. It was built cheaply and poorly, and it was falling apart, aside from being in a remote location. So Eddie DeBartolo's idea was for the two teams to keep sharing, but in a new stadium. That was it. That was the whole idea. He didn't have any specifics, just let's build a new stadium together. The Giants had made it clear they wanted to build a smaller, baseball-only stadium. Oriole Park at Camden Yards in Baltimore had ushered in a new era of ballpark design. But DeBartolo threw the idea up there, and let's just call it an incomplete pass. Shortly after the 1992 season ended, the Giants held a news conference to announce the team had been sold for $115 million to a group that would move the team to the Tampa Bay area to play in a dome stadium in St. Petersburg. Remember, Lurie had bought the team for $8 million 16 years before, and he'd spent the entire intervening period saying it was a money loser, as his asset grew in value by 1,300%. This time, it was the National League that held up the sale to try to find a local buyer, and they found one. Peter McGowan, CEO of Safeway Supermarkets, who put together a group to buy the team for the bargain price of $95 million. The McGowan Group's first major move? They signed free agent outfielder Barry Bonds. The Giants had a great year on the field in 1993. Fans were so excited by that, by Barry Bonds, and by the fact that the team was sticking around, that they set an attendance record. 2.6 million people came to the games. In 2000, In a move that technically qualifies for this podcast, the Giants opened their new baseball-only stadium, which they paid for themselves. Every year they've been there, they've drawn more fans than they ever did at Candlestick Park, back when San Francisco just wasn't a baseball town. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.